This is Express FM. Supported by Southern Co-op. Wait for the whistle to blow. And we are underway on Express FM. For the fans, by the fans. The atmosphere around Fratton at the moment is great and that's spilled over into the training ground and the boys are very, very positive. Giving you... A voice. Everyone has got a smile on their face. It's going really well and it's up to us to keep that, even in the tough moments. This is the Football Hour. And it's a good one. With Jake Smith. Pompey suffer back-to-back defeats for the first time this season. In comes the corner kick towards the near post and it's headed into the net by Dan Adji. Pompey are imploding. Portsmouth have suffered a humiliating loss to Leighton Orient here at Fratton Park. Dan Adji rounding off a first-half route to make it 3-0 to Leighton Orient, a scoreline which remains until the final whistle, with John Massinho's side unable to provide a response after the interval. We'll be hearing from the gaffer this evening as we deliver full reaction to Saturday's loss at PO4. I thought we were awful, to be honest, and the game, I think, as, as a whole, we just weren't good enough, even when we huffed and puffed in the second half. And we'll also take a listen to what the Blues' first January signing had to say about his return to the club. Matt Macy to feature before 7 o'clock. There was at least one positive result to take from the weekend. The Pompey women coming in from behind to beat Hashtag United by two goals to one in a top-of-the-table clash at Wesley Park. Goalkeeper and captain Hannah Horton will be talking us through the game itself and what the mood was like amongst the squad at halftime. We all came on, came into the, to the change rooms. We knew we weren't good enough. We knew each and every one of us just we, we needed to show up. We needed to turn up and we had to turn this result around. Head coach Jay Sadler will be on the show as well. He's talking about pressure and what his side had to do at halftime to overcome it. There's a stigma around psychology in, in, in senior elite level sport and in women's sport, they, they buy into it. And Celine's been a massive help to us. Loads to bring to you over the course of the next 60 minutes. So let's waste no more time in introducing you to this Monday night instalment of the Football Hour. The Football Hour. Driven by Stagecoach across the South. Download the app now from the App Store or Google Play to view up-to-date timetable information and to prepay for your journey. Express FM. Yes, it is. Welcome along to the Footblower and thank you very much for tuning in. It is great to have you along for what is yet again set to be a jam-packed show on the way between now and seven. We have got lots to get through this evening, including a review of Saturday's defeat to Leighton Orient at Fratton Park for Portsmouth men, Sunday's big win over hashtag United for the women and we'll hear from new signing Matt Macy too and we'd also love to hear from you tuning in back home as well what concerns you the most about Saturday's performance at PO4 does Colby Bishop need a bit more support alongside him up front and how many arrivals would you like to see in through the door before the transfer deadline get through to us by either texting your name and message starting with the word express to 81400 email sport at expressfm.com include at expressfm on on X, facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live, or use the Express FM app from which you can send either a text or a voice note. We'll shortly introduce this evening's guests, but not before we recap the events of Saturday's action at PO4, where John Massinio's table-topping Pompey welcomed mid-table Leighton Orient, who they thrashed 4-0 in the reverse fixture at Brisbane Road back in August. Every kick, left a great delivery. Every goal, curling it past the goalkeeper. Every game is right here. Oh, I don't believe it! Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey! On 
Express FM. And we're about to get underway as Ben Speedy, whose last game here was a nil-nil draw for Portsmouth against Derby last year on a Friday night. And later on, immediately goes to the box and almost have a chance. There's an appeal for a penalty. It's a corner kick. I make that inside nine seconds later on and win a corner. And it comes from Pat Lofted, looking towards Shockley over his head. Kamara heads it goalwards and over the bar. And that's a chance. Nil-nil. Yeah. Ford helping it on. And on the right wing, there's a chance in the area. It's a great chance for Ford and he scored. Sparks let Ford get the wrong side. And Shaq Ford on his left foot has given Leighton Orient the lead in the 30th minute. Pompey go behind again. Portsmouth nil, Leighton Orient one. Whipped in towards the near post. Dangerous in the six-yard box and Leighton Orient have scrambled the ball in the back of the net. And Pompey have given themselves a mountain to climb. It's Jordan Brown. It wasn't dealt with well. And in a tight area, Brown stuck a leg out and managed to force the ball into the bottom corner. It's Portsmouth nil, Leighton Orient two. It's going to be struck by Spark. Ford who slid in. Uh, if I'm honest, I thought he might have got the ball. Yeah. The referee has said penalty kick to Portsmouth. Well. He points straight to the spot and Pompey have an opportunity to get one back. Pompey really needs this. They are 2-0 down. Colby Bishop having to wait a long time. Whistle blows. Bishop steps up and it's saved by Bryn who went down to his left and saves it comfortably. Pompey still have a two-goal deficit, and Bishop covers his face with his shirt. Lane trying to get across into the penalty area, which is an post. Bishop's header has gone wide. 2-0. Archibald plays it in behind, and you shouldn't get there. He does get there ahead of Norris, and it's wide of the target. And that is another huge let-off for Pompey. It's only 2-0. In comes the corner kick towards the near post, and it's headed into the net by Dan Adji. He's made it three just before half-time. of the season it's so so easy Bishop covering that area couldn't get there Portsmouth nil Leighton Orient three Portsmouth have suffered a humiliating loss to Leighton Orient here at Fratton Park and just a matter of weeks Portsmouth have gone from looking like very strong contenders to win the League One title to a side who are going to have to turn things around very soon if they're to be in the mix for a place in the automatic promotion places. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. Yeah, there you go then. The highlights from Saturday afternoon as the O's delivered an L to the Blues at Fratton Park. That's now back-to-back defeats for John Massinho's side. Elsewhere then in League One, it finished Barnsley 2, Bristol Rovers 1, Blackpool 2, Exeter City 0, Cambridge United 2, Fleetwood Town 1, Carlisle United 1, Oxford United 3, Charlton 1, Peterborough United 2, Northampton Town 1, Wigan Athletic 1, Shrewsbury Town 0, Stevenage 1, Wickham Wanderers 1, Lincoln City 1 and of course at Thratton Park where it finished Pompey 0. Leighton Orient 3. Uh, Bolton Wanderers were playing host to Cheltenham Town, but unfortunately in the first half, a supporter was taken ill inside the stadium, prompting the
the officials to abandon the game. Very sadly, that supporter, 71-year-old Ian Perslow, passed away following this medical incident. The thoughts of us here are with Ian's friends and family, and messages of support have been sent out through the power of social media from the wider footballing community too over the past few days. So Bolton's game against Cheltenham on Saturday was abandoned, and there was a second game abandoned on Saturday too. Reading's match at home to Port Vale was brought to an end after a pitch invasion at the Select Car Leasing Stadium. Supporters of the Royals have been threatening in the build-up to the game to encroach the playing field in protest of the club's owner, uh, Dai Young. Reading are up to their eyeballs in debt and have already had four points deducted by the EFL this season. Previous attempts to show discontent towards the ownership had included pre-match marches and throwing of tennis balls. I'm, I'm sure Pompey fans will remember from their trip to the Select Car Leasing Stadium back in October. But this, the first time a game has been called off due to the severity of the protests. The EFL have confirmed there will be investigations and potential ramifications for Reading, who are already staring League 2 in the face as things stand. Derby County and Burton Albion did not feature on Saturday. They play tonight live on Sky, 8 o'clock kickoff at Pride Park. Let's take a look at the league table then, and Pompey remained top of League 1 by the skin of their teeth despite back-to-back defeats. However, Bolton, with their abandonment of the weekend, now have three games in hand on the Blues with just a two-point gap between the two sides. Peterborough have leapfrogged the Trotters into second place with 52 points, one behind Pompey and having played one game fewer as well. Derby in fourth do have the game in hand on Pompey, but also are four points behind. Oxford United and Barnsley are the two other sides currently in the playoff places. Down at the bottom, Fleetwood are rooted to the foot of the table with just 18 points and no wins from their last 10 attempts in the league. They are joined in the relegation zone by Carlisle, Cheltenham and Reading. Time now to bring in tonight's guest, and I'm first of all pleased to introduce Mr Mark McGee to the footblower this evening. Mark, thank you very much for calling in, mate. Pleasure to be here, buddy. Pleasure, as always, to have you, Mark, and alongside yourself, we've got Ian Chiverton, best known as Chiv, of course. Chiv, great to have you back on. Thanks for having me. We'll start then, Chiv, with Saturday's defeat to Leighton Orient. Later on in the show, we are going to, uh, of course, come on to talk about the Pompey women's victory over hashtag yesterday afternoon, but we'll start chronologically. On Saturday, the men were defeated by three goals to nil at home to Leighton Orient. What was your take on what you saw at Fratton Park at the weekend? Well, it's pretty depressing, wasn't it? I mean, um, yeah, it just continues this uh, this poor run of form that we've had and we need to get out of it pretty soon. Those teams below us are catching up. Um, we, we don't seem to be able to buy a victory for anything at the moment and we've got a real problem in front of goal as well. So just saying that, you know, we, we had the same amount of shots as they did. I mean, I've been saying mm. all season, I, I believe our problem is ultimately we don't score enough goals and there's too much pressure on Bishop and... As this run goes on, it just seems to be that way and we just got to find a way out of this slump somehow. Mm. And very alarming as well, isn't it, um, Mark, to, to be in this slump that Pompey are in. We've called it a blip over the last few weeks and really been hopeful that it would come to an end as soon as possible. But to be defeated on home turf by such a scoreline as well to a, a, a team who on the day, yes, fully deserving of their victory and they played very, very well, executed the game plan probably to perfection and you give them full credit for that. But ultimately they are a team that just come up from League Two, they're in mid-table. That is, as a fan, is it alarming to you? Um, is it alarming? I don't know if it's alarming, but it was incredibly disappointing. Um, it's definitely what it was. 
there's so many players on on that pitch that have put in so many good performances this season and just didn't look interested and their body language was abysmal. Um, every goal we conceded, just heads down. But, you know, there was no one, there were no leaders on the pitch that day, I didn't think. Um, and, and the body language just said it all, really. It was just a really depressing and, and poor day at the office mm. um, from, from everyone, really. Uh, and when you look at it at the moment, Chiv, one win in six matches for Pompey, it is um, a slide that has to be rested as soon as possible, trying to get out of this this rut. Um, but in hindsight, if, if Pompey can get out of this um, run of form out of the weekend against Fleetwood and start to will, you know build up that winning momentum again, you kind of look back at it at the end of the season and think, yeah, six games out of 46, it's not the worst run we could have had but ultimately it's, it's so important to get that run over and done with as soon as possible and get back to winning ways against Fleetwood this weekend and what an opportunity to do it as well yeah definitely look the season's not over and I think I know that we supporters they tend to play seasons in like blocks of three or four you know you have a bad run and everyone's you know getting really depressed and the season's over no it's not of course it's not we're still up there obviously the the run of form we're on, we've got to end it as soon as possible. And, and, you know, maybe some signings in January could could help that. It has done in the past during our promotion season. But the season's far from over. We're still right up there. We're still top. We are still top indeed. Portsmouth Football Club, top of League One, 53 points on the board after 27 matches. Peterborough in second, having played 26 on 52 points. Bolton Wanderers in third position on 51 points on the board. Right, on to John Messina now. He spoke after the defeat at the weekend to Andy Moon. I thought we were awful, to be honest, and the um, the game, I think, as, as a whole, we just we just weren't good enough, even when we huffed and puffed in the second half. Um, the, the game started OK, we, we were all right for 20, 25 minutes, but that's just not good enough to be OK for 20, 25 minutes. We conceded a goal in the first half, and I thought we just went under after that, and then to go in 3-0 down after... It was a, a pretty even first half. I, I think just summed us up in terms of where uh, where we were today. We, we just weren't quite at it. Um, we didn't create enough when we got into the final third, and we, we didn't defend our box nearly as well as we need to. Can you put your finger on why today? I think there's, there's quite a few things. It's hard to, to pin anything down. Our job, obviously, is to dust ourselves off and and, and go again and, and reconvene as a, as a staff and make sure that we can try and sort of nail down the reasons as to why I thought we were so poor and try and do something about that. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought everything, that we, we were just a yard off it everywhere. Um, and defensively and on the ball as well, we just weren't good enough. You've been in the dressing room quite a while. What, what was being said in there? I think the, the message to the boys is that, you know, we're... At, the stage of the season now where you know it goes it goes one or two ways we're, we're still in a fantastic position uh, somehow still top of the league by hook or by crook and that gives us I think something to to hold on to it's, it's very easy to to be um, negative after the performance today uh, but uh, you know ultimately we're still in a fantastic position we've got 19 games to go to put that to bed and and, and show what we have shown for the majority of the season so far uh, I thought you know that's probably the most disappointing thing that was the first time this season I think you can take the Blackpool game out of it because I actually thought we had a go and um, it wasn't a 4-0 game and we were um, down to 10 men I think you take that out of it that was the most unrecognisable I think I've, I've seen the side and, and that's a real, real real disappointment a real concern because um, you know for, for the past couple of weeks over the past few weeks we have lost a couple of games but I've never felt that I'm not looking at a side that, that reflects everything that we do week in week out and, and reflects the confidence the lads have shown and, and I thought that today we, we did we, we were a side that was really lacking It feels like more than just a, a blip now these, these six games 
Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, uh, you have to look at it in the whole and think, well, it's not been good enough in terms of the results over the last six games. But um, I, I haven't been too concerned about the performances up until today. I actually thought we were, we were pretty good last week against Cheltenham and ended up losing the game. Today was one where I just thought we weren't good enough. Is it a case where you, you, strength of character now now has to be shown by everyone? Yeah, but you know, yes, but strength of character should have been shown before the game because I know that group is, is capable of this. You can't go you know, become a bad side overnight. Definitely don't become a bad side overnight but at the same by the same token time runs out very very quickly if you if you don't do the right things consistently day in day out so um, yeah strength of character is really important does this alter any way or has, has this run in any way to your january plans no we still have plans to, to strengthen the squad if and, if and when we can so no there's there's no changes to that and yeah any positives you can take from today i thought tom lowry getting through 45 minutes and performing pretty well was the positive of the day a frustrated and, as always, very honest John Messina there with his assessment of Saturday's performance against Leighton Orient, a game the Blues were defeated in by three goals to nil. Interesting to pick up on a few of those comments there, uh, Mark, and, and one of which saying that he was probably more disappointed um, following the defeat on Saturday to Leighton Orient than he was the 4 nil to Blackpool back in uh, was that November now it seems like a lifetime ago um, and, and you can understand his reasonings why can't you because in that Blackpool defeat we were very open and, and, and allowing sort of gaps for the visitors to, to break us down but we actually did give it a go on Saturday you saw none of that fight back particularly in that second half yeah exactly we were absolutely dreadful on Saturday um, and against Blackpool we at least had like the bite and the venom in us to try and strike um, Blackpool on the counter you know, that Blackpool game really reminded me um, of, um, oh, Hannah's stupid um, comparison, but it reminded me of Tottenham in a way that, you know, even though we were getting, well, we weren't, we weren't even getting battered, we just got caught out a few times and we were still pressing, we were still playing good football, the crowd was still behind the team and we were still in like a good place on the pitch. And even though we lost 4-0, we lost 4-0 and we didn't have our backs against the ball, we, we gave it a real good go. But mm. on Saturday, you couldn't even say that. Um too many players went missing on Saturday and those players need to take accountability for really um, yeah. because I can't even pick one player on the pitch that um, was deserving of any sort of praise really. I think Colby Bishop gets um, far too much criticism. I mean, tactically, I don't think in the second half he could have done anything different. Um, he was up there and he was getting balls lofted up to him in that sort of uh, you know lone striker role and winning them on and head, heading them on, uh, and and we you know we didn't have any sort of like uh, we didn't have any wingers we didn't have anyone running in behind so yeah it was just a really poor poor display from everyone involved. How refreshing, Chiv, is it as a supporter to hear John Senior talk about needing the character from his sides to bounce back from that defeat but also mentioning that they should have had that character weeks ago so it's not something he's looking for it's something that should have been there already how does it feel as a fan to hear that kind of honest comment from him yeah I do um, really like his honesty <clears throat> I think sometimes with managers you can start getting a bit annoyed I mean we've had all of them we've had managers who don't say a lot managers who lose a, use a lot of cliches Actually, out of all the managers in recent times, I really like Massinho's approach to interviews. I think he's always honest. He doesn't try and big things up. Um, he literally just says what most fans are thinking. Um, I find his interviews quite watch quite watchable. And even when we're losing, and that can't be said for some of the managers we've had in the past. But and I, and I think like that bodes well for how he communicates with the players. I think mm. being an ex-player himself, he knows how they want to be spoken to. So hopefully. 
um, it is the biggest challenge of his career so far in, as a manager and hopefully he can see us through. Mm. Chiv, thank you. It is time for a very quick break now and when we come back, we'll continue with our debrief of Pompey's defeat to Leighton Orient of Fratton Park and hear from the club's first signing of the January transfer window. Really enjoyed being back around the lads, ones from last season and new bunch as well. Um, seems like a really good group and uh, yeah, really enjoyed being with the goalkeepers. Um, there's a good good union there, good atmosphere and it's a really nice place to be. Some more on the return of Matt Macy and more too from both Mark and Chiv when the Football Hour returns for part two after a short break. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Go by bus, go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditch the car and switch to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Good evening and welcome back to the Football Hour here on Portsmouth's Express FM. Made for the fans, by the fans. Bringing you nothing but pure and passionate Pompey discussion every Monday and Friday night. Let's get into that pure and passionate Pompey discussion now then and get to the text, the tweets and the emails. First of all, let's hear from Jeff, who has got in touch via the Express FM app, which, by the way, you can download from the iOS and Android app stores. Jeff says, good evening, Jake. Currently picking my way through uh, the the Cairngorms. I've never heard of that word before, Jeff. Trying to avoid road closures due to snow. I wasn't worried about the Bristol and Fleetwood results, but I'm worried about our season now. If teams win their games in hand, we are fourth, and there is nothing we can do about that. Right now, I honestly cannot see how we can get enough points to even make the playoffs, let alone the automatics. What do you think is the reason for the tail-off? All the best, Jeff, on the Express FM app. Jeff, I wish I had an answer for the reason for the tail-off. Um, hopefully, our guests can provide maybe a little bit of input into what they think is the reason for Pompey's demise over the last couple of weeks. If I had the answers, uh, then trust me, I'll be telling John Massino right away. Um, let's get to the emails now. Linda has got in touch saying, well, the wheels certainly came off on Saturday. Very poor defending for all three goals and a poorly taken penalty as well. The first half we were in the game except with our defending and I looked at the bench and thought there wasn't enough on there to change the game around. When we came out in the second half, I thought we would come out and give it a go, but we capitulated. We were defending corners with no options uh, and any forward play when we did go forward and not pass the ball back. We only had one of the box to their eight unless we got back on track. Our season will go the same way as any other season. I thought this team would be different than the other seasons, but not on this performance. The only good point was the return of Tom Lowry. We need to change things around quickly and perhaps buy some more players rather than rely on the loans. Play up Pompey. Uh, please, says Linda Mail on the emails. And one final one from Dave Byrne, who's got in touch this evening, saying, Hi, Jake, it's difficult to find words after that, but of course I will try. In a way, it now feels fraudulent to regard ourselves as currently top of the table, which we obviously won't be for much longer anyway. The entire game was far too open for us from the start. I thought the opposition basically did everything we want to see from Pompey. 
They pressed high, they played at a good tempo and passed the ball quickly and crisply. Uh, crisply, <laughs> clinical as well. For our part, we were second to everything. Uh, didn't put them under much pressure at all. We looked lethargic and our passing was predictable and slow in its delivery and so was easily intercepted. Dave continues by saying we would not win matches without finding an attacking threat from somewhere. We barely have a single goal in us at the moment, which means that as soon as we go behind, we're looking at a draw at best. Individually, some players are being found out. In my opinion, says Dave, Will Norris will be at last will at last be under pressure for his place. Sorry, Jack Sparks will be looking over his shoulder at Connor Ogilvy coming back soon. And Abu Kamara looks tired. Uh, he does also say, not surprising for the amount of men's football he's had to play for the first time this season. He concludes by saying, Dave, Colby Bishop needs help in attack. Christian Sade, in his opinion, not good enough to start Tom Lowry the only positive and my man of the match onward keep the faith play at Pompey in Dave thank you very much for your email Dave uh, for, thanks for getting in touch um, let's go through the events of the game then Chiv we'll start off uh, of course in the first half Pompey had a few decent chances in the first 10 minutes two of which coming from long throws from Marlon Pack down by the North Stand shooting towards Milton end at the time Pompey worth uh, in that first 45 minutes and you know, late Noreen got into the game and they had their opportunities. They looked really quick on the counter-attack. And even before they opened the scoring on the 30th minute, they looked like a threat. And ultimately, Chiv, it was a threat that Pompey weren't quick enough to, to try and get rid of. Maybe they weren't really learning from their mistakes in that opening half an hour. Yeah, that's right. And um, <clears throat> we have... we. It was quite clear from the game plan that we came out and we wanted to get an early goal, didn't we? Settle the home crowd and, and really get on top. Um, I think... Andrew, Andrew and Guy mentioned that in commentary and it was quite clear you could see we were trying to do that and when we didn't get a goal and as you said Orient they found their way back into the game and I think we we just struggled to get a grip of the game after that especially after they scored if we'd got an early goal I think the complexion of the game would have been completely different yeah um, let's talk about the first goal itself then, Mark. On the 30th minute, Shaq Ford with the finish inside the box. He was fed through on the right, beat the offside trap as well. Very, very good run and a great ball through to him as well. Shaq Ford, Dan Adji, Jordan Brown really causing a lot of trouble on that right-hand side. Jack Sparks, unfortunately, didn't look um, sort of on it on the day on Saturday to try and defend from those positions. And, and Shaq Ford taking advantage of that. Um what did you make of the goal itself? Because, you, yes, you give Leighton Orient credit for how well worked it was and how persistent they were in going down that right-hand side. But in your opinion, Mark, does, does Jack Sparks have to be a little bit stronger in those situations against such tricky wingers as they are? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I think on any other day, I think especially after the current results we've, we've had recently, I think Jack Sparks might have dealt with them a bit better. Um, I think as soon as the players went on the pitch and the match started, I... Uh, you could see straight away the confidence and the body language from the players wasn't there, well, at least in my opinion. So I think Leighton Orient knew that as well, and their game plan straight away was to get out our defence, especially mm. after the ending we had to the game away at Cheltenham, where we basically pressed the self-destruct button in defence. So I think they probably knew that we were lacking a bit of confidence, our heads were dropping, and they probably knew that if they got the first goal, they were going to be in for a win. And that's how I felt anyway. I thought the first goal at the weekend would have been pivotal. But Jack Sparks, I mean, look, he, yeah, he had an off day. His deliveries were poor, if I'm honest. Um, mm -hmm. And I didn't, I thought it was a bit harsh to sacrifice him at half time. I feel like there's something else we could have done yep. there. 
I think there are other players that definitely could have come off instead. But, um, yeah, if, no, I, I can't put a finger on what happened on Saturday. I don't think it'd be fair to blame one player. No, of well, course. defence was pretty shocking all match, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and it's, it's critiquing the performance itself, Jeff, isn't it? It's not necessarily criticising the player itself. And, and Mark's probably, you know, very bang on in his assessment there. Jack Sparks has been such a persistent player all season up until, you know, like most players, up until his current run of form. And it's easy to forget. Also, Chiff, Jack Sparks came in from Exeter, still very young, probably not expecting to be playing as much football as he is with Conor Ogilvy out, with Denver Hume just not favoured by John Massinho. Maybe many Pompey fans seeing Jack Sparks as a second or a third choice, but has played a hell of a lot of games this season and for the most part has done extremely well. So it's easy, yes, to critique the performance of Saturday, but also a stark reminder of how well he has done and how much he has improved since the start of the season. Yeah, he has done really well. And I think th- this is just a, a result of the poor form. When when the team hits poor form, people want somebody to blame or maybe something <laughs> to blame, like an area of the pitch we're not. You know, Bishop has had a lot of that stick this season, but other players will start to be targeted. Raggett has had his fair share in the past. Um, I think when you've been watching football, as long as some of us have, you, you just go past that. Like... We're not losing games because of one player doing badly. It's a fundamental issue with mm. probably the attitude of the team and their confidence levels, which is where the manager earns their money turning that round. I think it's a dangerous uh, presence to start targeting individual players. And we know from the past where the players have come out and said it doesn't do any good doing that. It, no. it only makes things worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, five minutes later, Orient doubled their lead through Jordan Brown bundling in, uh, from a corner. Needless to say, that you know, a bit fortunate from Leighton Orient, but also maybe could have been a bit, a bit better defending from Pompey's perspective. Four minutes after that, uh, Pompey actually got a penalty and it was very well worked by Jack Sparks to draw in the foul. Completely wiped out by the Orient defender uh, as he's gone to take the shot. And then less than 60 seconds later, Colby Bishop stepped up the ever-reliable from 12 yards, Mark, um, and the keeper, Sol Brin, um, has saved it. Um, it's easy to maybe criticise the penalty when you're a bit frustrated as a Pompey fan, you're 2-0 down to Leighton Orient, it's not been uh, the, the best of performances by any stretch of the imagination uh, this season, and then you go and miss a penalty or have a penalty saved. But from what I saw, Mark... I, Colby Bishop does that week in, week out. He, he seems to deceive the keeper. He, he looks at his eyes, he looks at his, his body language, and he quite often gets it right. He just goes the other way, he sends the keeper the wrong way, and his penalties are often low, um, sort of rolled into the corner, and they look good when they go in. But when they don't go in, like on Saturday, when the keeper guesses the right way, they look terrible. It, it, how do you sit on that? Was it a terrible penalty, or was it just unfortunate for Colby Bishop? Yeah, both, to be honest. I think, like I say, confidence is obviously going to play a part in that. And I think with the current um, form and the unnecessary like like scrutiny that Colby Bishop gets online, which, can I add, is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yep. He is by far the best striker we've had at our club um, in, in years. I'd, uh, any, anyone who wants to... <laughs> Criticise Gobby Bishop can happily go through me because he's a brilliant player. Uh, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's a player we've all always wanted to have up front, and he misses a penalty, but he barely gets any service. And when he gets the ball lumped up to him, when Will Norris finally decides to actually get a ball in the right direction and keeps it in play, um, he, he wins it. 
And, uh, you know, our, our wingers just weren't at the races. I thought Paddy Lane was quite poor on Saturday. Um, and, yeah, like you say, like, the, you know, when the penalties go in, they look great. And and Colby feeds off absolute scraps and makes the most of them most of the time. Hmm. So I think we, we can forgive him for having a bad day when, you know, we we couldn't even keep three goals out from a yeah. from a mid table side. So yeah, bad probably a poor penalty, but at the end of the day he had the other header, which he got off target. But what else did he have to feed on really? Nothing, especially yeah. in the second half. Let's not scape yeah, like you're saying, let's not scapegoat a, a striker just because he's missed a penalty. <laughs> we didn't lose three 0 just because Colby Bishop missed a penalty. But um yeah, yeah let's just move on. <laughs> we've we've been beaten by Leighton Orient. It, it wasn't a good game um at all. Let's a bit more reaction on Twitter. Tommy Clement saying we looked unstoppable when Alex Robertson was right on form. He had a few quieter games over the last few weeks and we struggled. I think it is as simple as that, to be honest. He was the cog that made us tick. That's the thoughts of Tommy Clements over on X. Uh, Tom Chappell from Forley written over it saying that was excruciatingly bad. We were completely embarrassed beyond devoid of confidence and created so little. Two and a half weeks now to work some transfer magic and sort ourselves out. Once that top spot is taken from us right now, we will not be getting it back. And that is what Tom from 4-0 written all over it has had to say um, after the game on Saturday. And an interesting stat here um, from Pidubia on X. Uh, Pompey haven't won a game at Fratton Park on a Saturday since the clocks went back in October. Carlisle, and that was a 93rd minute winner. Um, an interesting to note as well that all throughout British summer times, when the clocks went forward in March in 2023, and in between that time and when they went back in October, Pompey went unbeaten. Um, but home and away. <laughs> um, and the clocks go back, and suddenly this has happened. Uh, right, let's get some um, more interaction on social media coming to us between now and 7 o'clock, booze fans. All the usual ways, 81400 on the text. Start your messages with the word express. Otherwise, you can email sport at expressfm.com. Use at expressfm on X. Visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Or the best way to get in touch is through the ExpressFM app, available to download for free on the iOS and Android devices. We'll allow you a few moments to get more of those in while we take a listen to Pompey's first signing of the January transfer window. Goalkeeper Matt Macy returned to the South Coast on a permanent deal until the end of the season last week, and he's been speaking to Max Swatton about the move, who first asked how it feels to be back. Yeah, really good. Um, really excited to come back and uh, just to get going really quickly tomorrow. you just come off the training pitch from your first session. How was it? Yeah, really good fun. Um, really enjoyed being back around the lads, uh, ones from last season and obviously new bunch as well. Um, seems like a really good group and uh, yeah, really enjoyed being with the goalkeepers. Um, There's a good good union there, good atmosphere and it's a really nice place to be. Yeah, how was it meeting Will and, and Scully? You obviously know Toby already and, and how do you think you'll fit into that department? Yeah, um, I like to think I'll, I'll fit in uh, really easily. Um, special breed the goalkeepers and uh, there's clearly a really good good group going here um, I just want to add to that and um, help help keep moving it forward you touched on it slightly there but GK Union aside how how has it been settling in amongst the other lads what do you make of them all um, yeah no really good um, obviously the, the quality is high um, I think obviously the, the league position shows that the um, quality quality has got better and, uh, and and everything about the club is, is moving in the right direction forward forward momentum so um, yeah it's, it's obvious to see as soon as you walk in the building you've obviously known Joe and, and John from your time before but what have their, your chats been like with them ahead of your return yeah just really positive um, just uh, obviously 
got the call to see if, see if it was of interest and 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 for me I had such a such a good time here last year it was one of the best periods of my career um so it was something that I really wanted to try and make happen if it if it if it could happen um and yeah it's just about coming here and, and being a part of it and and doing everything that I can uh to help to help get the club promoted we obviously know already know a lot about you but what do you think you can add add to this group of players yeah i think uh, not, not not changed a lot in six months. Um, still still the same goalkeeper, but yeah, I think uh, obviously when a club is at the top of the top of the table, it's it's a group effort. Um, people on and off the pitch. Um, so uh, my role is to come in here and and, and help make that better. Uh, however that is, you'll obviously be comp- competing for that number one shirt. But on the flip side, how important is it to sort of have that competition and and you know for, to be able to actually sort of push each other on? Yeah, well, for me, I think I think many goalkeepers will say that when they've had when they've had competition, it's improved their performances. So, um, as, as well as, uh, as as my performance improving with uh, being around good keepers, I, I think everyone's performance will. Um, and ultimately, that's the best thing for the for the football club. Um, you've got a competitive group. You've got the best best performer. And should you be involved tomorrow against Leeds and Orient, how nice would it be to be back in and around Fratton Park? Yeah, I can't wait to just just be around it. Um, it's obviously one of the one of the great stadiums in the country, um, and you know once it gets rocking, it really goes goes gets rocking. Um, I was lucky enough to experience that um, last season, um, and there's no better place to play football in this league for sure. Matt Macy there speaking to Max Swatton after his arrival back on the South Coast last week. He comes in as a three agent on a deal until the end of the season. And Mark, he signs a year on having uh, from having previously signed for the Blues last January. Macy, of course, enjoying a loan spell here during the second half of last season, recording nine clean sheets from 21 appearances. Became a bit of a fan favourite. Mark, what are your thoughts on his return? Yeah, I think it's it's great to have him. Um, he was he was brilliant last season. I thought. I mean, he was probably doesn't suit the style of um, playing out from the back that Moose probably wants to play. But I think um, as a shot stopper, he's a brilliant keeper. He was so reliable last season. He was a safe pair of hands. Didn't do anything glamorous, but you know, did just did what was required. And and you know, I, I have fond memories of his time here. And I think we all wanted to sign him permanently at the end of the season. So. Yeah, it's great to have him back. Mm. Uh, right, moving on now then. And uh, Australia were in Asia Cup action on Saturday. Of course, that tournament has now kick-started. They have taken Cassini Yengi with them to the competition in Qatar. Uh, their opening game of the competition ended in a 2-0 victory for the Socceroos. And uh, they next play... Um, on the 18th, which is, of course, uh, on Thursday. They take on Syria in their second group stage fixture. Their third and final group stage game is on Tuesday, the 23rd of January against Uzbekistan. The final of that tournament is on the 10th of February, so potentially Kassini Yengi out until the middle of February. Um, He was an unused sub for Saturday's victory uh, over India in the first group stage game. Right, moving on now, and it's time for one final break in tonight's show, after which we'll be discussing a win for Portsmouth women, who were victorious by two goals to one over Hashtag United on Sunday afternoon. Head coach Jay Sadler will feature after a break with his assessment of yesterday's game. We were really poor in the first half. Thought we panicked through a lot of our actions um, and that fell into Hashtag's hand and they got the goal that we knew they would on the second ball. Um, and at half-time, there was obviously a few stern words within the group that were said um, and that's fair play to this group, um, but they show character, they show quality, but more importantly, they show belief. 
Stick around for full analysis on yesterday's tabletop and victory for the Pompey women with reaction from Jay Sadler and Hannah Horton too. For the fans, by the fans, the Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late night bus rides, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a night Rider ticket taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. For the fans, by the fans. The Football Hour with Jake Smith on Express FM. Welcome along for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM Local Radio in Portsmouth. We move on now to talk about the Pompey women who were in action on Sunday afternoon at Wesley Park. They took on Hashtag United, who at the time were top of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division table. Pompey were in second position, three points behind Hashtag with two games in hand. So, of course, yesterday's fixture, no matter the result, Pompey would still have those two games in hand and a far, far more superior goal difference than their rivals as well. Hashtag took the lead in the first half, but it was a second-half comeback from Jay Sadler's side which saw them secure a 2-1 victory in front of 1,246 at Haven's Waterlooville's Wesley Park on Sunday afternoon. And we had all of the unmissable action live right here on Express FM, and here's how it all went down. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live. What a moment for Pompey! On Express FM. It's going to be Portsmouth to get us underway. It's going to be Freeland over the kickoff, attacking from left to right in this first half. And you are listening to Pompey Live. Portsmouth against Hashtag United in the National League South. The top two go toe to toe. Gillard to take again. Bowen goes in towards the near post. It's flicked on to in and around the penalty spot where it's a fantastic delicious volley by Nichols which gives Hashtag United the lead on the right foot in towards the top left hand corner five minutes in Portsmouth nil Hashtag United 1 Jones lays it off towards McLaughlin cross goes in towards the box in towards the penalty spot cleared away but then effort on goal on the edge of the box by Beth Lumsden goes wider goal Good chance there for Portsmouth. 25 yards out. Collins recovers possession. Cross goes in towards Jones in the near post. Who has a glance header wide of goal. Samways, left hand side inside the penalty. Pulls it back in towards the path. But Rowan has an effort first time. Parried away by Horton. It's going to be picked up second time though by West. And then Portsmouth do manage to clear their lines. And that will be the final action off the first half where Portsmouth find themselves a goal to nil down. Lost it in towards the penalty area. Barry inside the box gets a better of a pin to play. It cross towards the near post. Yeah. The back of the net and Portsmouth find their level up. It was five minutes into the first half where Hashtag United took the lead. Five minutes into the second, Portsmouth a level 1 1. Lumsden inside the air, Jones had a cross towards Jones, who in the near post had an effort first time, but Angel managed to gather it away and it's going to be a Portsmouth corner. Jones manages to bring it down, stays on side, inside the penalty here. Jones able goal, takes the deflection into the back of the net, into the top left hand corner, and Emma Jones has put Portsmouth in front with 
just under 25 minutes remaining at Wesley Park. It's Portsmouth 2, hashtag United 1. The nerves jangle around Wesley Park. And there's the final whistle. The meeting in September was won by hashtag United. But in January, it's the Blues who claim a vital three points, which see them go top of the National League South table. All the unmissable action. Pompey Live on Express FM. And they are indeed top of the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division table, now with 33 points level with Hashtag United, but with a goal difference of plus 44. Uh, hashtag themselves a goal difference of plus 13. Um, Pompey have played 12 matches to Hashtag's 14. Next up, the Blues take on Ipswich Town at the AGL Arena in the FA Women's National League Cup. That's in uh, just under a fortnight's time. Uh, so a week off this week for Jay Sadler's side. And then next up in the league, they again travel to Ipswich Town, the AGL Arena is the venue yet again a week after they play in the Cup, Sunday the 4th of February, the next league fixture for the Blues and next up at Wesley Park is uh, on Sunday the 18th of February against Chatham Town um, After the match, uh, Robbie James and Henry Deacon caught up with a very delighted captain, Hannah Horton as well as uh, manager Jay Sadler Hannah Horton and Jay Sadler are with us Hannah, we'll give you a set of headphones as well, we'll give you Henry's headphones, there we go, Jay We'll start. We'll start with you. Sure, You're both looking, both looking delighted. Oh, oh, oh Hannah right. Horton's got a bad shoulder. <laughs> and Jay Sadler's just yanked her up by it. That was we got weekend off next week. Terrifying. There we go. Anyway, Jay, it's all worth it, wasn't it? What an afternoon, my word. Yeah, what an afternoon. Um, trying to sum up emotions now. Um, thought we were really poor in the first half. Thought we panicked through a lot of our actions. Um, and that fell into Hashtag's hand and they got the goal that we knew they would on the second ball. Um, and at half-time, there was obviously a few stern words within the group that were said. Um, and that's fair play to this group. Um, but they show character, they show quality. But more importantly, they show belief um, to get the result. We had to work hard for it. Uh, but that's a big three points for us, that. Hannah, are you OK? most important Sorry. because that was I mean that, that, that well yeah it didn't help that Jay just yanked you up by your shoulder up to us in the press box but I mean that last minute also well last you know whatever it was 15 minutes of added time was was carnage at times and, and you it looked like it, it was a bad one to your shoulder there how are you yeah no I'm absolutely fine especially when you get the three points back on top of the table like it's all good we'll deal with it tomorrow <laughs> I mean what what a result I mean, just to go back on what Jay said in that first half what you know he had to he had to go a goal down and everything what was said at halftime from a player's perspective because we know the manager always does a team talk what were you saying? Yeah, no, look, we all came on, uh, came into the, to the change rooms. We knew we weren't good enough. We knew each and every one of us just, we, we needed to show up. We needed to turn up and we had to turn this result around. There was, there was no other way about it so we looked within ourselves we found solutions obviously we listened to Jay and like he said a few stern words which absolutely we we deserved and needed because we weren't the Pompey team that we usually are and then coming out second half now that is us that is the Pompey women that we're used to seeing the high press and the ball playing and that we got the two goals and personally I, th I personally think that we thoroughly deserve that win as well and you spoke Jay in the week about pressure you've had the psychologist in as well you had to deal with some real pressure in that first half when you go a goal down and it's such a big game you got up for it and then suddenly six minutes on the clock and you're a goal down how did you try and cope with that yeah and there's a, there's a stigma around psychology in, in, in senior elite level sport 
um, and in women's sport they, they buy into it and in, Celine's been a massive help to us we spoke about pressure there was an elephant in the room we knew if we lost this game hashtag have probably got a hand one hand on the trophy so we knew that going into this game but this group can cope with that pressure um, and cope with that but more, more so they had to manage their own internal pressure I've been here for seven and a half years Han's been here for five years and these are the games that we've been working tirelessly hard to get to and then when you're there you now need to perform and like I said I don't think we perform first half but listen this group has shown character they've shown quality and to get the job done second half however I say the job done job done today there's still a long long way to go in a season and yes we've got a weekend off next week but after that we've got to come back in and, and continue to back it up with performances because um, it's our performance as Han alluded to the result was the byproduct of that don't worry about the result worry about your performance factors and the result will come in it and it came in that second half and we spoke pre-match about often Hannah when teams that have some momentum have a break it can be hard to pick up that momentum again you come into 2024 having not had a game for a few weeks and suddenly you found straight away you found ways to win today and last week again at Bitteriki yeah no look and credit has to go to the coaching staff behind that I think a lot of a lot of the media and anything about it will look at the players on the pitch but it's everybody involved in the, in the team in the club all the work behind the scenes and everything um, that needs to go credit for so not just us on the pitch and yeah no we've had to find ways because other teams are going to come out of us this is their cup final like we've put ourselves at the top of the table and that's something that we have to to accept and that's, that's our standards now but like I said teams going to come at us they're going to find different ways they're going to try different things to try and stop us and we have to stay on top of our game and I always say you have to train like your number two to be on top so that's what we're going to keep on doing keep finding ways and keep driving those standards and how much bearing did that Southampton game have on your performance levels for the last couple of weeks because you must have learned a lot frustrating day of course it was we were here but nonetheless the conversation was that's the level now we've got to try and meet that level yeah absolutely and like we've heard it from the coaching staff as well we, we set standards that day and we can't drop below them and of course there's going to be times in games and teams, teams get waves where we're going to find it difficult but we have to ride those out we have to keep uh, raising our standards and the Southampton game we showed that and actually I think we were quite unfortunate not to come out with a different result in that and that's something that we have to build upon and, and keep improving and keep going and just focusing on us as well. And Jay it's, an, it's been another brilliant day at Wesley Park a record crowd you've beaten your own record in the league for an attendance this season 1200 here we've had face painting and everything like that um, just, just a fun afternoon to be a part of right? Yeah and, and as Han alluded to you've got to give credit to the people behind the scenes and for me there's no one more. I think she's giving credit to you as well yeah no <laughs> but I, and i'll give the credit to everyone it's been a it's been a club effort um no more so from the ceo andy cullum listen we had a target of a thousand we want to grow the game and and listen the players have got to put on performances for fans to come back but today we had we had loads of activities going on the club shop opening it's showing the growth not only as us as a team but as a club as a brand um, and we're putting ourselves out there over a thousand in a league game but we needed them today you could feel their energy you could feel towards the end they, they were heading and kicking every ball for us and when you've got 1,200 and the rest on the pitch doing that you're so much stronger and we're stronger with our fans and, and, and that's the unique bit about Pompey and now it's just a case of continuing that that's fine you're going up aren't you well that's that's the aim <laughs> listen we're, we're not we're, we spoke about that at the start we come come back in on the 31st I remember saying listen girls we've got a league title to go and win now and we've got to take each game as it comes Nick Barrett spoke about that at the start and this group as cliche it is is it's one game at, at a time um, but with the quality we have there's nothing saying why we can't go and do it Hannah Horton, Jay Sadler with their post-match thoughts from yesterday's 2-1 victory for the Pompey women over uh, Hashtag United at Wesley Parker. One man I'm sure will be very, very happy with that result. Chiv, uh, what a game that was. What a great advert for the league too. 
Yeah, it was. It was a game of real, real quality. Um, editing my my vlog highlights earlier yesterday, and both goals. I mean, you got to give credit to hashtag. Their opening goal was the right. best goal I've seen us concede in a long, long time. Yeah, um, superb volley, and yeah, it was just an excellent game. But that second half, to be honest, we just blew them away. We were absolutely brilliant in that second half. <laughs> And great character as well to come back from uh, a goal deficit at half time to come back and win the game. Not just in any match is that a, a great achievement, but you know against top of the table under such pressure as well. The, the swings and roundabouts to to lose that game and go six points behind. Yes, with the two get matches in hand, but then the, the result of the victory to be level on points, far superior goal difference, and still have those two games in hand under that much pressure to come back and do that in the second half was was quite some achievement. Yeah, it was a huge test for us yesterday because we've been, you know, see obviously plus 40, what, four goal difference. We've been thumping teams left, right and centre all season. But we've had a couple in the last two weeks, we've had to scrape a 1-0 and a 2-1. And that's the sign of a team that could potentially be champions. We mm -hmm. find a way to win every single week. And yeah, it was just a, a real test for the, the players at half-time. And, and they've passed that test and hopefully... In the coming weeks, we can carry on that run and, and see it home. Mm. It's been an early few weeks, few months, being a, a Pompey women's supporter. Chief, of course, being up there, uh, only one defeat all season. Now to be at the top of the table with two points, uh, two games in hand, sorry. Are you, are you starting to feel a bit confident that promotion will be achieved for season or are you remaining grounded until it's actually you know done and dusted? <laughs> I'm most definitely remaining grounded. We have Oxford and Ipswich away. Mm. Both of those teams are in the top five. They're they're both incredibly difficult away games. Um, if we, in two, three weeks' time, because we have the cup game, so four weeks' time, if we are still top of the table after those two away games, I think I'll start to believe maybe 5%. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to get carried away. Every game's going to be difficult. We're still playing all the teams at the top of the table other than hashtag. Mm -hmm. So... It's no easy running. No. Chief, thank you very much for your time tonight. It's been a pleasure to have you on the Football Hour, as it always is. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Mark McGee also joining us tonight. Mark, thank you very much for your contributions this evening. Have a great evening, and I'm sure we'll speak again soon, my friend. Yeah, thank you very much, Jake. Take care, mate. And a big thank you to everybody who tuned in to the show tonight as well. But I'm afraid that is all we do have time for on the Football Hour this evening. Big thank you once again to both Mark and Chiv for their contributions to the Football Hour tonight. Big thank you to everybody who tuned in and got in touch via the text, the tweets, the emails and the Express FM app as well. And a big cheers to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another season of the Football Hour. Jeff Dorset is up next with the Soft Rock Show he's in conversation with Matt Willis from Busted amongst uh, other great tunes as well between 7 and 9 o'clock which is when Variety Show returns with Kev Stokes through until 11pm Josh Bowness takes you through to the early hours of Tuesday morning from 11 with Express Hits if you missed any of tonight's show or you just fancy listening back to the show itself you want to revisit any other previous edition of the Football Hour head to the Express FM app in around about 10-15 minutes time Spotify Apple Podcasts or Google, Google Podcasts you can download and replay any show you like. Until next time, Pompey fans, have a great week and play at Pompey.